Okay, welcome back to Geek Meets Business episode three, um, which once again is sponsored by no one. Moishi, how is it that we've been rolling three weeks now and we're still sponsored by no one? Every podcast that I listen to in the world is sponsored by ZipRecruiter. How do we not have ZipRecruiter sponsoring us yet? Um, I don't know if they can afford our fees. That's the truth. Okay. I think it's I think it's uh, out of their budget. ZipRecruiter does not want to um, sponsor us. Okay. But hopefully one day they'll get rich enough to sponsor us too. I'll accept that answer. If, yeah. If if they keep if if their ad money keeps rolling in off of the you know. The smaller shows, you know, the the shows that aren't as big as us from, you know, like the Wondery Network and things like that, then one day they may be able to afford to be on this show. Mm-hmm. May that happen speedily in their days. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Yossi, what's this week's topic? This week's topic is one that's particularly tough for me, and that is lead generation, because I have personally been to dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of networking events. Um, I walk away with leads and, I mean, I walk away with business cards. None of them turn into meaningful leads. So the question is, how does one generate leads that would then potentially turn into real business? So... Leads. Um, I guess leads is a commodity, right? Like everything is. Yes. If if someone if someone introduces you to their friend, and now they're on the phone with that person, I guess we can't call that a lead, right? Because that's really really we talked about in the past, not this week. Um. Well, but I guess. Oh, here we go. You tell me. Well, I mean, you can you can go with a looser definition, or you could go with a more specific definition. A lead is potentially just about anyone in the world, and then there are quality leads, which is, say, for example, you've got yourself an art gallery. Say, for example, I am a... I'm not, but let's say I was a single person living in an apartment in New York, and I had three roommates... If somebody put the two of us on the phone, could they say that they sent you a lead? Or is that, or in that scenario, am I so useless to you from a business perspective that that couldn't even be considered a lead? Okay, you know, so I think I would break up the leads like this. A lead means you have the person, you have a way of contacting the person, right? So in advertising, you're sort of shooting your net out and hoping that people will see you but you will probably not grab their info to actually pick up the phone, call them, or send them an email. Uh, obvious, not, nothing's obvious. I keep on saying obvious. Well, so you obviously shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> so getting the person's information in a way to directly contact them, I, that's, I think, the way we're going to translate lead, right? So one, the best way to commoditize the leads is to buy a group of emails and phone numbers. I would say the best way to do that is buy it from existing business that closed down, either because the company winded down or the, the company closed down shop. So even if, let's say the, the gallery is open, for, let's go into our gallery, you know, for 20 years, 
They've done business for 20 years and they've sold, you know, transacted art. They, for whatever reason, they're closing down. So now they have email lists, physical mailing addresses, and phone numbers of past clients. So if you could somehow Google or find out the last business art gallery that closed down, you can make some type of deal either paying up front in cash or you could say whatever leads that you give me. I'm just giving creative ways to start a business where you don't necessarily have that much capital where you can still get leads. So an art gallery closed down, you call them up. You know, I heard you used to have art gallery for 20 years. I'd like to buy your client list. So you or you agree on a number. Either you agree on a flat fee up front and or you agree to a commission saying, you know, whoever you give me on your leads, the first sale that happens, I will give you, let's say, $500 per art sale. Um, another option is... That's actually so an interesting way of getting, um, uh, of sort of merging what the two of us are talking about. Because in that case, what the chances of you actually getting a quality lead instead of just a lead... How do you know that you're not getting some single guy in New York with three roommates? How do you know that you're actually getting someone that is willing to purchase something from an art gallery? That would be to go to people that have actually purchased art before and going to, an, to, to a former business or a business that's winding down seems to be a very good way to do that. Is there a going rate per lead or is it on a case-by-case -case basis? Usually in, in, in these cases. The I know going rate is... The least you could pay, that's the going rate. If you're, if you're a closed-down art gallery, the leads you really have no value because you're not active in the business. So for this art gallery, let's say, obviously it depends how long they're closed for. Because the longer they're closed down for, the, lead, the less the value of the leads are. Because especially with the older clients, some could be progressed. If the, if the gallery is open 20 years ago, closed 20 years ago, I'm sorry. And now I say, I'll give you a list of uh, all our leads from 20 years ago. Obviously, the value is less as opposed to if they just closed down a week ago or even let's say they say a transition period and we're now moving over our clients to this new gallery. You know, obviously, depends how fresh the connection is, more the value and therefore that's negotiated in the rate. There's no set number. The number is as cheap as you can get. And it really, if I could do a little side note of market rate, what's considered market rate? Market rate is the cheapest you can get it. Um, cheap as you can get this specific quantifiable object, or in this case, lead. I always talk about it with people. People ask you, what is the value of art? I mean, obviously, one quantifiable way of knowing the value of art is looking at the comps, just like in real estate. You look around what's sold to this artist or this property in this neighborhood and this size square footage and et cetera, et cetera, and zip code. The same thing as art, the same thing in leads. Leads is higher because it's a more vague business. It's not like you can't go to Zillow of leads, but it really depends on what it, what you can negotiate. The best, you know, is the best, obviously. Mm -hmm. So you want to negotiate your best deal on leads, and obviously, commission-based lead generation is the best because you have no money upfront, and if the person has really believes in his leads, then you know that these leads will actually create real sales. So he should commission on you. If he just wants to dump the leads on you, you also might want to make sure they're actually good leads. But obviously, we're talking about existing well, yes. business. Gen generally speaking, when somebody is dumping large quantities of anything on you, as always, it's buyer beware. 
but if you want to talk about a warning signal, generally somebody trying to dump off quantities of anything on you, just watch out. Correct. But if someone's willing to do a commission deal, you're more guaranteed that the lease will be good because they really believe in them. You know, if the person just wants to sell it to you, do a hit and run, it doesn't mean the leads are bad. It could just mean I don't want to waste my time picking the phone, introducing to all my clients. You know, it's a, now let me take a step back. The best way to do leads for existing business is either a person does an event saying, I would like to now introduce you to my new, the new management company, or we're partnering up or we're merging, whatever it is. And obviously that value is even greater because it's a direct referral. So that's more into referral, merging into a lead. So I guess in that so case, is guy, be careful of an art gallery offering you free wine and cheese. <laughs> but the best thing is the guy says, we're now closing this business. Here is the new guy. He's a great guy. We're vouching for him. Let's pass on the relationship. You know, That's the best. The second best is you have a, a, a list of clients who already purchased in the past. And obviously, the longer the time in between is the less value these leads have. So those are the best qualified leads you get, period. And, okay? how, and how now, about receiving leads from, I mean, I, I, I've, I've, heard, I've heard very strong opinions on both sides of, uh, of should you work for free. I mean, I understand with an art gallery, it's not a service-based business. It's, you know, while just like a service-based business, you are trying to figure out the value of a piece of art and that value is subjective that's much more prevalent in a service-based business where you have to figure out exactly what sort of value you're providing i guess okay. uh, uh, based on that a way an interesting way to generate leads could be doing work for someone that is um, for lack of better words more of a big shot somebody who could actually connect you to other useful people Okay, um, I would call that more of an internship. Um, internship is just another way of saying slave labor. We all know that. <laughs> but I want to first finish, um, what's the word? Commoditize leads. Then we're going to swing back to inter internship stuff, okay? So the okay. first thing is you go to the existing bit. I'm going to come back to it. I just really want to focus on like quantifiable leads. Second thing is, What's another good lead generation? If you're selling, let's say in my case, art, is you go to a financial advisor who whose clients are wealthy clients, right? So now you're going to create a partnership where the my art gallery will now invite the financial planner to do a night out in the gallery, and I will bring my clients where the financial advisor mutually could get introduced to my clients, okay? So that lead is a mutual beneficial specific event where you're both putting out quote unquote 50-50. Now if you're a well, new gallery what's, what's and he's an old that you're financial offering to the clients. What benefit why you know I understand okay um, I'm an art gallery I want uh, an I have services to offer, you're a financial person, you have services to offer, but what if I'm the guy sitting at home? What's the incentive for me to actually show up to that event? Well, many things, free food, good food, not just wine and cheese, like real steaks, I'm sure will help. Um, 
a new artist, a new exhibition. There's many ways that will bring someone and make it interesting, as well as the financial advisors coming to do a lecture, whatever it is. You know, so it's mutually beneficial. You're both bringing people to the event, and you're both working off each other's clients. Okay, so, so that's a mutually beneficial lead said, generator. Don't be boring. Right, the event has to be interesting enough, right? But art is it's it's something that people want to see. It's entertaining in and of itself, so it makes it easier to bring people out. Not easy, but it makes it easier. So whatever business you're in, you want to do some type of event or partnership where you're both working off each other's client list where you're not directly competing, but the mar the market that you're dealing with is very similar. So I wonder what that okay. would be for someone like for, uh, for someone like me because that was an, uh, uh, that was actually a very easy jump from art to to say a financial advisor that seems to be a, a pretty obvious jump. How about if you're a guy like me, a guy who is trying to set up podcasts for people, what is the type of person to partner with? Say, you know, I, I, I want to throw such an event. What sort of person would I be looking for to part with? Somebody in the tech industry? Um, what is, you know, someone like you as, and, you know, as more of an outsider to the tech industry, what's something that someone like you might be interested in and interested enough that they would actually go ahead and show up? Um, I would say in your case, you're, I guess you may be tar you're targeting journalists who have their own shows, newscasters. Not necessarily. So bringing oh, sorry. Yes, go ahead. Different uh, angles, but I would say bringing in someone who's famous in the news industry. So less famous news people want to hear him speak. Uh, the benefit of the newscaster is if this particular new, new newscaster also is a newscaster coach, so he benefits by getting more clients to come in. They'll also hear him speak, and you're there, and you're going to bring your client, or he's going to say, "I'm going to speak about being a broadcaster." We're also having a broadcaster podcast special as Jesse Itzinger. So in that case, be it's you're offering two different uh, services and value for free or whatever in the same exact space where you'll both benefit. He'll bring people and he'll look like I'm not just selling you my business broadcasting coaching service. I'm also, we're also offering a coach who's also hel helping you technically in your, in your podcast. So, so that's if you one want to example. learn how to podcast yourself, if you also want to be a, a news broadcaster, well, you can't be as big as me right now, but hey, you got to start somewhere. Start with a podcast. Very low, barrier of uh, very low barrier of entry. All you have to do is pay Yossi Itzinger of Media Bloke Consulting. Correct. Another thing is going to journalism school. People finishing journalism school, most of them don't have jobs after. In cars, I'm saying if you do start a podcast, it definitely will help you get into, uh, you know, if you already have a following, networks are more willing to pick you up as a broadcaster since you already have a following, you're coming in with a following. Obviously, you're big enough, the networks will come chasing you to join them, right? So college uh, journalism school, I would say for you, is a good lead generator making some type of event. Because podcasts, since it's so cheap to start, it will it could help people start a platform. I would say journalism school is a great place to do it. So, so number one I said for you is lead generator is make an event, free event, uh, workshop, seminar, whatever you fancy word people use for an advertorial, you know. Workshop, event, in graduating graduate students or even any earlier to encourage them to start podcasts 
and obviously offer them better rates since they're students, they have less money officially, or maybe even get to school to sponsor you as a professor of audio or a you know, lecturer and then also offer private lessons on the side. I mean, we go on and on and on and on, you know? I actually really like the sound of that. I, uh, you know, I, I live in Philadelphia. There's no, there's no shortage of schools around here. Um, and right, because I, I, I... Sorry? I'm sorry, yeah, continue. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm actually going to, based on that, look into a few connections that I have and see if I can get my way into a journalism school. I actually, for those of you, you know, just humble brag over here, I was actually a White House press photographer for a little while. So um, if that doesn't give you connections in the world of journalism, well, then I would be the worst networker of all time. Yep. Oh, you agree I'm so, the worst networker of all time? That's flattering, <laughs> Moshi. I think the value create is, is your networking tool. Your, your work speaks for itself, and it, will, it does and will bring you referrals that you only need to even sell for. Right. Now I need to get if you to have good you. audio as well so that people will, will actually appreciate the full scope of my work. Although, based on what we did earlier this evening, I, I think that even though we're remote this week, uh, you know, f uh, those people that listened last week will have, uh, uh, um, will have noticed a significant, a significant jump in audio quality because we were both in the same room. But tonight, we actually took steps to make sure that Moishi's audio sounded good. And we're going to find out the results of that when I sit down to edit later this evening. Moving on to more hardcore, boring way, because I'm, I'm throwing a lot of creative ways to, to get you generate leads to your business. Another option is there are people that sell leads. It's a business. There's a leads conference. Um, it's very commoditized. And you just buy leads. Say you're looking for this, this dem demographic, this age, this uh, money earning number, blah, 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 blah. And you could just buy the leads. I don't know the leads. Obviously, the wealthier the lead is, the more targeted um, is going to be more expensive. You just go to these companies, you go on the websites. You probably want to find out they're legit. Um, test them out. You know, always call these lead companies say, I want to do, let's do, uh, if the leads that we're talking about, let's do a test run of 30 email blasts or 50 email blasts in that case or give me 30 phone numbers let me call them let me get a let me test the quality of your leads and as a new customer i'm sure they'll willing to do that for you hopefully if not hang up the phone so buying leads you go online i'm sure there's fine websites that will sell right, you right but leads. i always question the quality of um, those leads because those people aren't going out of their way to make sure that those leads are good for you they are just you know they they, they don't know people they're looking at numbers and at whatever data they have and throwing a list at you so I don't necessarily see the benefit of that. I mean, it's definitely something that I would consider giving a try, but I don't see that as being a potentially good source for leads. It's, it's, it's almost like going to, have you ever heard of BNI? So BNI, yeah. for those people listening that don't know, it is a serve. It, you pay, uh, I think, close to five hundred dollars a year. Um, for that five hundred dollars, you get the privilege of showing up at the crack of dawn 
to some building on Friday morning and paying if you keep kosher for a breakfast that you can't eat. And then everyone gets around the table and does their elevator pitches. And you have to bring in leads. If you do not bring in leads for other people, they kick you out of the group. So while that sounds really good because, hey, I'm going to join this, I'll pay my $600, I'll get my leads. On the one hand, on the other hand, people become so desperate to throw leads your way to be able to stay in the group to get their own leads that they end up sending you just about anything that comes their way. Oh, you know, I, I, heard, my plumber, my, I heard my plumber mention the word art. I'm now going to send my plumber to you. There's your lead because he mentioned art. So I sort of see these online businesses that are in the business of selling leads to you. I sort of see them almost in a BNI type of way because they don't care about sending good leads to you. All they care about is sending a number of leads to you. So like I said, tr test it out. You know, Try to test them out, see if it's a good lead or not. Negotiate, talk to them. Humanize the conversation in anything you do, especially if it's a new vendor, you want to try them out. Um, also, with, with these companies, you have to understand leads. There's no real value to lead unless you really use it. So when you're negotiating with these lead companies, they sort of understand that they could sell these leads five trillion times and keep on selling and selling and selling and selling and selling. So they should be willing to play ball with you with these leads because there's no doesn't there's no real cost to it. Obviously, the first time they bought these leads, they had to pay for it. Um, those are okay. So those are another way to do a lead is you just like you said, uh, you go to a financial advisor and you do an event with them. You could also buy the financial advisor's lead list. Say, here's my clients, here's my thousand clients, book a business. You know, ethically, I don't know how, what the rules with that is. You know, you should ask a lawyer or whatever. But I know that's I, another way to be done. Or just swap. Say, I'll give you my contact list, you give me my, your contact list. And, you know, fear straight trade. Obviously, it has to, the value has right. to be equal. I think that legally, um, when somebody opts into being on a mailing list... Um, sometimes in the terms and conditions it will say you are opting in and we are able to sell your data. In most cases, and don't quote me here, I'm not a lawyer, but I think that uh, um, actually um, I, I've, heard, I've heard this both ways. I don't know which is accurate, but one is that um, by default you are consenting to have your information sold. Uh, the other one I've heard is that unless there's a separate checkbox that says, hey, you are agreeing to have your information sold, um, you're not actually consenting to that. So um, don't take my word for it. I may be Jewish, but I'm not a lawyer. I know, shocking. Um, speak to an actual lawyer and they will tell you what you are or are not able to do. Because if you're a small fish, chances are, that, you know, no one's coming after you. But imagine you turn into a bigger fish, and all of a sudden, you have a lot to lose. You don't want that looming over you. Keep things clean and straight, no matter how small your business is, because, first of all, it's the ethical thing to do. And second of all, you don't want to be stuck if everything... You don't want to be stuck with a shady business beginning if everything should, if, if, if the best should happen and things take off for you, you don't want to be panicked about anything, any shady practices that you did at the beginning. It's so funny. We're talking about a podcast. Podcasts is such a niche business, but it makes me work harder and trying to be 
creative how we're getting the lead. You should know Yossi starts taking my advice a little bit more serious uh, in the past few weeks since the, our show. Uh, Yossi, how is your uh, you're the geek me's business here? You have to give us a little report on how the business guy is uh, directing the geek. Can we get a little we, report? We Yossi? can hold a report, and that is that um, under uh, Moshi said that I had to do certain things. And I realized that because I actually have to talk to him once a week now, if I don't do them, you see, until now, if I didn't listen to Moshi, he got mad at me, but I didn't know about it. We live in different states. We're all good. Now, if I don't actually listen to him, you know, things start to go horribly wrong because we actually have to, you know, I actually have to pick up the phone and we have to have this conversation. I don't enjoy awkward conversations. Um, and so I've actually reached out to people on LinkedIn and I may or may not be, I don't want to, I, uh, I somebody once told me, and I've learned this the hard way, never celebrate before you get a deposit, but I may be on the verge of the biggest sale I've ever had and that is after being three and a half years in the video business, never, never really crossing any serious financial marks. And that may all be about to change. And that's after week three over here. Uh, not, we haven't even published week three. And good things are happening. So all I can say is if you want good things to happen to you, find Moishi, have a chat, because he likes talking to people. And... Um, it, you know, if you don't talk to him, I'm going to have to talk to him more. So please, somebody find Moshi and talk to him. Hmm. Listen to the podcast will help you. That's what I'm trying to oh, you try, sell Well, here. anyone that's listening to this is already listening to our podcast. They don't have to be sold on that. If they've made it this far, they like us. Now they have to talk to you. Well, hold on. But we have the Instagram followers also that we're talking to in the gallery that are also listening to, to convince them to subscribe to Geek Meet business and it will help them greatly hopefully yeah um so leads leads are okay now another form of leads i mean i guess that's marketing i don't know these 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 leads in marketing it's very blurred that's what i'm trying to say lead is like a phone number or email or address this person is a qualified person that you need to go so Find out who else in your industry sells to similar people. So if you're a podcaster, um, people who podcast equipment companies, right? Let's say they're exhibiting at AES. I'm not sure what the audio show in Javits Center was that I did go to. Um, the equipment companies want to have to have unbiased uh, engineers, sound engineers, talking about their equipment. Uh, reaching out to equipment companies, speaking on their behalf, being their product specialist, um, speaking on their podcast if they have, speaking on their Facebook Lives, talking about their equipment and general equipment. And while you're talking about it, obviously on the bottom it says, you also into your podcast, master, blah, 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 geek me, business, co-host, etc., etc. So going to your, for your case, going to Audacity, Adobe, I don't know audio too well. I am, I am a musician, so I know a little bit. And talking to them as you being uh, talking about their product or being a guest on their things, talking about their products, but then it also gets co-branded for yourself. Right. Right. So the idea is to the more platforms you're available to talk in or be exposed in, you know, with obviously co-branding with bigger brands will give you uh, visibility. Now, what's something interesting? I'm not sure if people realize when you go to a lot of these conventions. 
many or most or a lot of the speakers speaking at these workshops are paying to speak. Okay? Not only are they not getting paid to speak, but they're paying to speak. Obviously, if you're a certain tier, then you're, you're going to get paid also, some often. But most people pay to speak because that's the best way to advertise to look like a professional. Um, so any speaking opportunity, I guess, that can create leads, if you want to say. <sighs> I see like it's sales. I'm very bad with the, what's considered a lead, what's a sale. But all these things will bring you business. Speaking, looking like a professional as much as possible. Um, Co-branding is very important. Um, I know I did my first podcast a couple of months ago with CHYU, a great organization here in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, and that gave me validity, the fact that they asked me to speak, so people say, oh, they asked you, then you must be important. And meanwhile, they just need people to talk, right. period. I, I see so the same thing it with, were, it was mutually with beneficial. TV and the 24-hour news cycle. You know, people, it's it's easier than ever to actually get on TV these days, even if you're mildly interesting, because they need to fill the they need to fill the the air the airspace the airtime with interesting content and just by the way speaking of the chye podcast or um, it's called the k factor podcast um if you go back and listen to moishi's episode the content is great the audio quality is not i have since gotten my hands on that podcast and their audio currently sounds significantly better than it used to so yeah give that a listen uh, especially if you're a Jewish man living in a Jewish person living in Crown Heights, in or around Crown Heights, get to know CHYE, excellent organization. And I think we have now run just over thirty minutes. Okay, can I squeeze one more to do list? You can. Yes, One more thing: hire a PR company. Um, walk in to their, to their company saying, this is what I could, they obviously have more money. Tell them, please brand me as a professional in my industry. They often have the relationships and the creativity to pitch you as an interesting story to TV, news stations, websites, etc., etc. Um, that's what they do is get you, quote unquote, organic marketing and speak to one of them, um, find one in your local area, and that's what they do all day. And... I, would, I actually, uh, hired, through one of my art clients, connected with a very big firm, or as a quote-unquote favor, but we also paid. But show up. Um, if, a, if any company, PR company, a lead company, uh, a financial advisor, if you meet them and you give off the feeling that even though right now I have zero clients and I'm, I have nothing, they also may get the feeling that you're very ambitious and really dealing with you right now is a good, first of all, they like you, you're a nice guy. Number two, it's a real investment for the future that when you do have the money to hire a PR firm or buying leads or whatever they may be, they're invested with you. And really, I would say the big visionaries in business, um, the people are very, very successful, are people who are investing in young people. And obviously, people who you see have that drive and that excitement, it's definitely worth Besides being a nice guy, it's worth it because it's probably going to do well in the future. If you may say, I know, it sounds a little bit unaltruistic. Unaltru uh, but that's what makes people successful. They're investing in people. And that's really the key to everything. Because you can talk about do this, do that, do this, do this. But really investing in people will bring you the greatest results. And uh, I think we 
our next week topic will be hard sale, and that could be a whole nother topic. But this week topic was leads. You could buy the leads. You could partner with someone else who targets the same industry as you. Um, you could. The last week it was a PR company. And then internship, which you didn't really focus too much on, but we could talk about internships next week. Yep. Yeah, yes, Or working for free. Um, and in exchange for in exchange for someone who will give you leads. Now, I just want to quickly throw in, if I forget next week, talk about this. Work for free for the right people. Do not work for free for the wrong people. Oh, I could talk um, about this for a very, very long time based on a lot of experience, and I don't think that we should go into it right now. But really, deal with people who are already successful. If you can work for free, make sure the person you're working for is already successful. Not someone who thinks he's successful. Or you, you, let Make sure you're doing it for the right people. Obviously, having work that you already worked on is value in and of itself, because then you can send this to potential prospects, and it'll help you saying, this is the piece of work that I've done. That has value in itself. It also gives you practice. But if you're going to give you value and practice, make sure you do it with people who are successful and who are willing to help you. So if you're in a conversation, and I say, oh, if you do this to me, I'll get you more jobs. If within 60 seconds he doesn't make a phone call for you introduced to someone just because of the fact you agreed to do it for free, it's a good sign that 60 days later and 60 years later he'll still not introduce you to one person. You really have to analyze and judge the person who you're working for free and see if he really values you. If he really values you and realize the value he's getting uh, and, he and he will reciprocate, if he doesn't reciprocate pretty quickly, run for the hills. And on that happy note... Thanks for listening to week number three of the Geek Meets Business podcast with Moshe Frank of Levimark Gallery and Yossi Itzinger of Media Bloke Consulting. Uh, have yourselves a good um, morning, evening, afternoon, whenever it is you're listening to this. And we look forward to seeing you next week. <laughs>